the title of today's talk is um, Forget Me Not. And we're going to, interestingly, we, without even trying, we're going to follow up on um, Young Martin's talk last week, which was about that amazing chapter, Matthew 13, uh, and the seven, seven parables, and the key message at the end of it. Uh, and a lot of those parables were to do with flowers, seeds, corn, wheat. You know, Jesus spoke to the people about the things they knew and understood, about fishing, about working in the fields, flowers of the fields, um, uh, house life, domestic life. We're going to look at, at, at flowers uh, a bit today, and we're going to look at, by analogy at a brave little flower called a forget-me-not. And forget-me-not is, is one of my favorite flowers, if not my favorite. He's, he's a tough little fella. You probably know him or her. And uh, they can appear almost anywhere. They can come up through cracks in the pavement. They can come up in good soil. They can come up in stony soil. Uh, they can grow in the light. They can flourish in the shade. Uh, they're uh, perennials. They just keep coming back. No matter how harsh the winter, no matter how dry the summer, uh, when spring comes, when spring comes, there come the forget-me-nots. Uh, bright, shiny, but almost regarded as a weed by some people and, and, and disregarded, but a beautiful, beautiful flower. Uh, typically in that wonderful powder blue with the yellow centre, but also in pink and white and Great fella. And if we go to uh, Song of Solomon, by the way, the Bible doesn't particularly mention um, forget-me-nots. It talks about the flowers of the field, lilies of the field. And in Song of Solomon in chapter 2, uh, in verse 1, Uh, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Wonderful image uh, by Solomon there. Uh, the lily of the valley is um, in the Middle East. That's not a lily as we would understand it. It's uh, more like an anemone, uh, tiny little flowers that come up in the spring and especially dramatic in Galilee, on the hills and slopes of Galilee, uh, the spring suddenly comes, I remember talking to someone who lived in that area, a burst of color, amazing colors right across the slopes over, right up into the hills looking over Lake Galilee. And this lady said, it's the most wonderful breathtaking view of the lilies of the field. And there are anemones and little daisies and things. And on their own, you might disregard them. But in this wonderful spread of color, people look up. And she said they disappear as quickly as they come. They only last for a short space of time. That is your opportunity. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. I bloom and I blossom for just that moment to draw your attention 
and then I am gone. As Job would say, like a vapor, like smoke, like the sparks flying upwards. And I like to see us as, as uh, like the lily of the valleys. That again in, in um, Matthew 6, I think it is, Jesus takes it up. And Solomon, all his glory was not arrayed uh, like one of these. And as far as the Lord is concerned, looking at people who have, we heard Ben's uh, testimony, repented, been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, as far as the Lord's concerned, we are the lily of the valleys. We are uh, the rose of Sharon. There's none uh, like us to look upon. We are indeed like that. And if we go to uh, verse uh, 12 in the same chapter, the flowers appear on the earth. The time of the singing of birds is come. And the voice of the turtle is the turtle dove. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. So the coming of, of the rose of Sharon and the lilies of the field uh, was absolutely synonymous with the voice of the newborn, the voice of the birds and the time of rejoicing. And that should be us as lilies of the field, as, as like little forget-me-nots. We come up in the spring and it's not only beautiful and temporary, you should also hear uh, a voice or voices and beautiful voices. And that's what the gospel is, a beautiful voice uh, at the time of, uh, of the spring, at the time of the coming of the flowers. But forget me not, of course, um, flowers have their symbols, don't they? Uh, the forget-me-not is the flower of the fallen. It's uh, especially the flower of the fallen in Canada, in Labrador and Newfoundland, uh, that particularly started after the First World War, when so many young Canadian soldiers uh, died um, from the Labrador and Newfoundland regiments in Europe. Um, and uh, if you go to the Somme today, there's a huge memorial just to the Canadian soldiers who fell on the first day of the Somme. Uh, and the forget-me-not is their flower. Forget-me-not. It's the flower of the fallen in Germany. You know how we have the poppy in, in the West, in the Commonwealth, uh, in Britain? That is our flower of the fallen. The forget-me-not is the flower of the fallen in Germany. It's the flower of the fallen in Armenia to celebrate the huge persecution and genocide uh, that the Armenian people have suffered over the years. The forget-me-not is their flower. Forget-me-not is the official flower of Alaska. So scattered across the world, it is not forgotten. And we could say the same as us if we look at us as forget-me-nots. Scattered across the world, we are not forgotten. We come up in the rich soil. We come up in the dry soil. We, we come up through cracks in the pavement, in the harsh um, 
conditions, either of religious persecution or of uh, very sophisticated, very rich, very wealthy areas. We come up in the light and we come up in the shade. And if we go to uh, John 12, very quickly. Go to John 12. It occurs to me when I was planting out forget-me-nots uh, this season. I came right at the end of the season, just in time, uh, to plant forget-me-not seeds. Uh, they're tiny, 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 tiny. If you buy um, 500 or 1,000 forget-me-not seeds, you can hardly see them in the packet. In fact, they, you think they've sent you an empty packet. It's so tiny. They're almost hidden seeds, and they're hidden seeds with hidden life. And that reminds me of the gospel. You know, the Holy Spirit is, you can't reach out, grab a hold of it, sell it in Poundland, or offer it up for auction, or go out and dig for it in the field. It's a hidden seed. But within it is hidden life. As John, in John 12, And we just get the reference there. In verse 24. 23, Jesus is leading up to it. In verse 23, and Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. That's the forget-me-not. That is the flower giving the seed as it dies. Notice that the flower gives the seed in its death, its act of death. If the flower doesn't die, the seed won't be given of a forget-me-not. Forget-me-not must die that the seed be released. And the forget-me-not is that it's most miserable and most ugly and most rejected and most likely to be uprooted and thrown away at the moment that it is giving the seed for new life. And Christ was putting himself as the example that we follow. He is the forget-me-not, if you like. And his plea, wasn't it, was remember me, forget-me-not. Because what I am about to do, you must follow. I'm going to lay down my life for you. I'll be the most miserable and rejected and even ugly, disfigured of human beings when I'm hanging on that cross. And in that moment, I can say it is finished when I give up the spirit. And I give up the spirit unto death so that the Holy Ghost might be poured out, that all men might be set free, men and women. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. Except the seed of a forget-me-not fall into the ground and die, the seed will die. You won't get a forget-me-not flower coming up out of the death. And that's where we are instructed, aren't we? 
It says, we were dead, but now we're dead in Christ. We were buried in baptism, and we've been born again to a new life through the Holy Spirit. We forget me nots because we forget not what we must do. And if we um, go to Psalm 126. Scampering over to Young Psalms. Oh, I call it Young. Most of the Psalms, of course, written about, um, well, well, over a long time. I think there's a Psalm of Moses, and it goes thousands of years old, these Psalms. Psalms of David. And uh, I was talking a bit about this the other day. This is part of a, a group of psalms called the Psalms of the Ascent, or the Psalms, the Song of Degrees, that the pilgrims sang as they came into Jerusalem and began to climb Mount Zion. And as they ascended the temple steps, they sang this psalm. In verse 1, nice, short, sharp, shiny psalms. Verse 1, Psalm 126, when the Lord turned again the captivity, captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Talking about a harvest, talking about being loosed from captivity, talking about the joy of knowing the Lord and being drawn out by the Lord. And what do we do? We bear precious seed. And even in sorrow, weeping, distress, tribulation, we bear precious seed. Promises, doubtless, no doubt, come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That's the harvest. That's the pattern of the harvest. It's hard work spreading the gospel. It's hard work living the gospel but it's joyful work living and spreading the gospel. There's joy in the labor of the, of the harvest in the fields. And, you know, what happier flower than a forget-me-not? Anyone know the forget-me-not? Yeah, 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 the law forget-me-not. Love them to bits. I know some folks like the daffodils, same reason, happy and hopeful, happy and hopeful. And the forget-me-not is the same. Not proud little flower. It doesn't go up like the old delphiniums, a bit proud, aren't they? Beautiful flower, a bit proud. The old hollyhocks, look at us. Here we are, here we are. Little forget-me-not just pops up. There he is. He's a fellowship flower too. Not on his own, like an aspidistra. Forget-me-nots love to be in fellowship together. Like the lilies of the field, whoosh, straight across like bluebells, fellowship of beauty, fellowship of spring, fellowship of being born again. 
The harvest of the forget-me-nots is a rebirth. That which is dead is now alive. No wonder the Lord used that image. And it reminds me too of nature's solution. People say, oh, you know, where's God? God, just look at nature. If you want to see God, just look at nature. Nature's solution. Out of the small comes the great. Out of the least comes the most. Out of the unseen, once you planted a forget-me-not seed, you cannot see it. The little black fellas, they go and they go, oh, gone. They're there. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Out of the unseen and apparently dead comes new life. We live in a parable of salvation. We live in a parable of the gospel and the risen Lord. People say they can't see God all around them. And out of the seed comes the ability to bring forth fruit and yet more seed. It's a sacred design in nature that prefigures us and tells the story of the Lord and his ministry on earth. And he quoted it and quoted it and quoted it. Even in the natural, as creatures of flesh and blood, like all folks on planet Earth, we are born of a colossal improbability. The chances of, of us just being here in this form, with this DNA, in this situation, a base scientist tell us on a colossal improbability, as the universe is a colossal improbability. Again, God telling us through his natural creation, you are only here by grace. You are only here, as we heard from uh, Martin in the communion talk, by the merest chink of opportunity where the Lord used all his love to make a way for us when there was no way this should have been a way for us. No way under God's heaven that we deserve that life. And it took all his love. The father sent everything he had in his son. A colossal improbability. And here we are. Like those tough, hardy little flowers that come up through the pavements up out of the stony soil every spring. Our insignificance is the very thing that makes us powerful. As that famous lady Galadriel said, the smallest person can change history. I love the way, you know, when Ben Manning's testimony, you know, how's that for receiving the Holy Spirit, slipping down the slippery slope, back into the world, gone, gone, the grey goose is gone and the fox is on the run. All gone. And the Lord goes, no, he's got it. He's got the spirit. He's got the heart. I can reach down where he is. I can touch him again and bring him up out of the soil like a forgotten forget-me-not. And how much brighter do folks bloom 
and how much stronger do they stand up in the sunlight, having been down in the dark for so long. The smallest person can change history. And uh, a sister in, in the North London Fellowship here who's a great gardener, the princess of the gardens, uh, said to me about forget-me-nots, no matter what nature throws at them, they just keep coming back. Isn't that a parable for us as saints? Endure, says the Lord. Hang on. No matter what the world can throw at you, just keep coming back. Like a forget-me-not. If we go to uh, James 5, we're nearly, we're doing very well. I gave a, a little thought for the day at Midway about how, about the, the benefits of brevity, the benefits of keeping talk short. So if I stand up today and give a great long clumping talk, I'm going to look very silly, which is not hard to do. But we'll, we'll scamper on here. James 5. I love James because it's, um, just such a, a special, uh, book. It's, Wendy's favourite book in the Bible, actually, and it, it's, it, it throws some really tough old things in there, and and yet it also says some comforting, beautiful things. And James five, he's really having a go at rich people and and people who are captured by their wealth and eaten up by their wealth. And then in verse seven, he turns to the brethren. And in verse 7, he says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, brothers and sisters, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman, that's like the farmer, waited for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Do you ever get those winters sometimes which seem to go on and on and on? Winters which seem to start in October and by March they're still going. And the, the skies are leaden and there's drizzle or perhaps snow or the frosts come and the ground is hard and barren and you haven't tilled it for months. You know what it takes? Patience. Do you know why gardeners are patient? Because they know. They know from year after year that no matter how long the winter, in the end, the spring will come. In the end, the flowers will come. And that's what James is saying. Brethren, just be patient. Ever since I've come along to the Revival Fellowship, which were Revival Centres, the Lord's coming back. The Lord's at the very door. The Lord is about to walk out on stage. All sorts of analogy. The Lord is coming through the clouds. Nothing wrong with that. In the gifts I heard it, in the talks, in the fellowships, in the prophecy talks, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. We must be at the task. We must be in the field. We must support each other. We must fellowship. It's like a long winter. Long winter. And as the Bible tells us, we don't know how longer. How long the winter of our discontent, if you like, will last. But we do know that the spring will come. 
That's the message for us as little forget-me-nots. As part of the harvest, there will be the sunny days, there will be the warmth to the earth, there will be the sound of the turtle dove. There will be that burst of colour. The Lord will return. And to keep fighting. I don't know that forget-me-nots actually fight. I don't think they're a very aggressive flower. I've never been chased around the garden by a forget-me-not. But um, what they are, they're fighters for light. And they're fighters even when it's a drought. They'll still keep blooming. And even when the soil's really stony, there's the forget-me-not. They fight on. What do they fight on? Because that's the way they're designed. That's the way they're made. Why do we fight on in the Lord? Because that's the way we're designed. That's the way we're made. Another famous person in history called Samwise Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee? He said once, uh, Frodo, he said, there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for. Cool. Now, if you believe that's out of history, you're, you're, well, come and see me later. But I think that's a great thing. There's some good in this world, Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Samwise was a gardener. He was Frodo's gardener. You know, in a sense, we are, like Jesus said, I'm, I'm the good shepherd and I'm also uh, the door and I'm also the lamb that lays down its life. In a sense, not only are we forget-me-nots, little flowers, we are also the gardeners. We are responsible for each other. We are our brother's keeper. Uh, this wonderful garden called fellowship, full of gardeners called saints, under the chief gardener called the Lord. And that's how the garden grows. So let's keep to the simplicity of the forget-me-not. It, its beauty lies in its simplicity. We are those who forget the Lord not. Remember me, said the Lord. We forget not his commands. We forget not his gospel. We forget not his love. We forget not his warnings. We forget not his promises. And we will blossom and sow seed in due season. And that is that message from the Creator. Simple message. Forget me not. And just finishing off, if, if um, uh, there are new folk uh, listening, perhaps on, on uh, perhaps going to watch on Facebook or, or listening on Zoom, uh, what to forget not. You know, what, so what's all that about? What makes you a little flower? And if we go very briefly to uh, Mark 16, why are we going on about our role of not forgetting uh, the Lord and standing in, in, in the heat and standing in the storms and still popping up? I mean, I had um, I planted the forget-me-not seeds and they, they all jumped up in the air with delight and started to come through, little green. Forget-me-not, in the Greek, it, its name means mouse ear because the leaves are like a, a little mouse. Um, 
and they all came up. And then, do you remember this week there was that terrible storm? And I went out to look at my forget-me-nots, and they're underwater. I mean, these little fellas like this underwater. And I thought, okay, I'll go and buy some more seeds. And I thought, no, I won't. I'll wait. And the water goes away, and guess what? Comes and forget-me-not held its breath for two or three days and came up out of the water. He's away. So what are we doing here? What are we doing? Mark 16, and Jesus said in verse 15, and he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Here it is. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. For thousands of years, there have been efforts to rip those verses out of the scriptures, to throw them away because they're so clear. They're as clear as a lily of the field, as clear as a rose of Sharon, as clear as a forget-me-not, and they've been trying to get rid of them, and they cannot. It keeps coming up out of the ground. It keeps blooming. And how does it bloom? Through us. <laughs> refusing to stop preaching the gospel, to stop living the gospel, to stop loving the gospel, to stop loving the Lord, refusing to stop loving the Lord and refusing to stop loving one another. Like a flower of spring in the sunshine. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. 